Hello and welcome to another uh, Motorsport Issue Preview podcast. Uh, I'm Joe Dunn and I'm the editor of Motorsport and I'm joined today by uh, uh, some of our team who are going to talk you through uh, the issue or the last two issues of Motorsport and um, hopefully explain a little bit about how the stories came about, um, what the challenges were and, um, uh, and and really what we what we think of the magazine. So um, uh, let me introduce you first of all to uh, Dave. Cogman. Hello. It's uh, our art, art director. Uh, Simon Aaron. Hello there. Our features editor and our photographer, Lyndon McNeil. Hello. And uh, Jack, uh, Jack Phillips, our uh, digital Thanks. editor, <laughs> <laughs> is also joining us to talk a little bit um, uh, about what's going on uh, online. Um, We've been away for a couple of months, um, which means that we have two issues to get through. Uh, the first uh, is going to be the July issue, which is our Le Mans preview uh, magazine. Um, and let's uh, let's dive straight in and talk about the cover, which features um, a group of very, very handsome young men. Um, Damon, uh, tell us a bit about how oh, this cover came about. Did you say handsome young men, comma, Damon, or was that, <laughs> that um, Yeah. Well, it was a, a marvellous experience, Jack. And Lyndon went off to uh, go and meet the, all the all the drivers themselves and photograph them. So they could probably tell you about that side. I could tell you about the cover side of it, about building it. But um, I'm going to punch it straight over to the other guys first. To it's tell it's quite stressful, Lyndon. <laughs> On the day, it was very stressful. The the build up wasn't too bad. It was a lot of emails, as you know, Jack, from pinging back and forth between PR people asking if we can have them, speaking to the FIA seeing if we could get a room. Um, thankfully, the FIA pulled out all the stops. A room to shoot the photo. Not a room to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not just a room for somewhere to sleep. Um, yeah, so we turned up to Spa with hopefully PRs knowing what we needed to do and the FIA sorting us out. And when we saw the PRs, they were all like, oh, still happening. <laughs> so it was... It was a bit of a bit of a surprise for everyone on the day because um, the so the, the the idea behind this wasn't it? it was to get the sort of young British GTE drivers all together in one room, um, acting up and playing for the camera, yeah. uh, and it's something that uh, you think might be easy, but actually um, because all the drivers are very busy and because they drive for rival manufacturers, it's actually really really difficult to get them. It was in the same yeah, room. we 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 were kind of. Everyone agreed to it in principle, but then obviously they've all got their own different agendas for the day, pit stop practice and uh, driver's briefings and everything else. The FIA had their big group photo in the morning and we just... You made it, you, didn't, you, didn't you basically get them all on the way back from that photo? Yeah, they were so kind we, of all still, they were all <laughs> so still around. They were around. all there, they were all in overalls. And it was like herding sheep. It was, Jack managed to speak to the PAs and the, and the PR guys. And they were like, yeah, 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 grab them now. You've got 10 minutes. And I think... It was like a school trip. We were walking was. along. Just, <laughs> just making sure they didn't get sort and of distracted there by were, something. There were a couple stragglers at the end. Um, I won't mention their names. No, let's mention names. Let's mention <laughs> well, names. It was, it was, was and Andy. Who was, first of all, for, for readers who might not have a magazine in front of them, um, uh, who, who have we got on the cover? So we've got, uh, from left to right, we've got Darren Turner, Sam Bird, Andy Prio, Alex Lynn and Harry Tinknell. Um, and it, it, was, it was brilliant. Out, out of all of these, obviously, when we say young charges, obviously there are a couple <laughs> in there that are less, <laughs> less young. Less yeah. younger, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, the, and ironically, the, the ones that were the, 
most difficult badly to, behaved were, were the not, two old, yeah, yeah. The, the two gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, don't say old. Don't uh, say yeah, so they were kind of taking selfies on uh, Eau Rouge and everything else and just basically dragging their heels. But we're all up for it and keen to do it, so yeah. But overall, overall, we got a cracking picture out of it. I mean, we had to um, we had to build a little bit of uh, we had to push them all together a bit in the imagery just to kind of uh, sort of for the purposes of the cover. But um, but by and large, that the image that's on the cover is is, is what it, was shot. Is what was shot there yeah. and then. Yeah. yeah, we we there were three other drivers. Yes, in that Harry, one shot. Uh, no, sorry. Oh, we had, we had James Collado, Johnny, Johnny Adam, James Collado, and. A another. <laughs> Shall we have a look at the picture and see? Yes, but they, but they, some of them were there, some of them weren't, some of them uh, were sort of pushed together. So we had to yeah. had to sort of cheat a bit, but by and large, overall there. Well, I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a cracking image and um, and something different. I mean, we've we often. Uh, for our Le Mans preview issue, we will, you know, it's very easy in a way, isn't it, to put a, a, a you know, LMP1 car on there. They look fantastic. Um, uh, but for this, uh, for this, this, this year, we sort of thought we'd we'd do something different and focus a bit more on on the personalities, and also focus on on a different class. And and Jack, it, it's your feature. Um, uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about why you decided to to sort of focus on the on the GTE class. Well, it's it's the it's the class where most people are being paid. And it has the most manufacturers, it has the most professionals. Um, unfortunately, there was no actual Brits on the top step, despite how we, <laughs> yeah, we how we sold it. We had um, um, we had a lot we had a lot of options. Didn't well, we? this is this is in hindsight, isn't yeah. it? But at yes. the time when we were putting this together, our thought. Yeah, well, thread, talk us through what what the, the what the sort of thought process was. The thread through the class is uh, Brits um, and very different stories behind them as well. Because we've got the Darren who's been in it. He's been in GTs for years. Al Andy Prio has come from touring cars, obviously world champion. Um, then you had the single-seated converts, Sam Bird, Alex Lynn, um, Alex Sims. But then you've also got Harry, who is kind of a bit of both because he's been in sports cars since 2014, which he's only 24 years old. So that's he's probably been a sports car driver now longer than he was a single-seated driver. But he, it, that's the different. There were lots of different stories that were all interweaved because the young guys all drove together as well. And it was good to get them talking about each other and I think looking back on when they were together and that they're all amazed that they were actually professional sports car drivers, which is quite a nice story. Um, and just needed one of them to win Le Mans, but it wasn't to be. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we know that now, we know that now. Yeah. Um, obviously we also um, featured um, the Friends Reunited um, bit here, um, Jensen um, and Fernando um, meeting uh, at Le Mans again. Obviously uh, Fernando won the race, uh, it seems a long time ago now, doesn't it? Um, but it, it really, it was an amazing kind of um, Le Mans this year in the sense that it, it had a kind of an energy which maybe in previous years wasn't wasn't around quite so much. Was that right? Yeah, I mean, it, it did because of the, the the media interest surrounding Fernando, despite the lack of relative lack of competition at the sharp end of the field. I think it's another interesting thing about the GTE. I mean, traditionally, even when LMP1 was really competitive, Porsche, Audi, Toyota, I mean, the racing was perhaps slightly better still in the GTE class. And I, th I think it's that's just been such a thing now for so many years. But yeah, at the sharp end of the field, um, Fernando's presence actually gave the race a little more of a... It's well followed around the world, we all know that. But this year, national newspapers, which might give it a couple of paragraphs on a generous day, suddenly, with Alonso's presence, were were much more interested. And I think it's 
it's right that the broader media should heed what's going on at Le Mans because it is it's been going since nineteen twenty for the pin three for Christ's sake. It's a, you know it is a great event. Absolutely, and um, uh, obviously we we went to press um, uh, before we, we knew the results. But um, it, this is as good a time as any to, to um, talk briefly about Toyota. Uh, we're happy for them. We're pleased. Absolutely thrilled. Yeah, I mean they've been having enough uh, cracks at it over the years, so to to sort of do it in the way that they've done now. And actually, to be fair to Toyota as well, they let the two two cars go go they go head, go racing. Yeah. It, yeah, which um, everyone was a bit nervous about. Obviously pre-race because we thought there might be a tortoise and hare. There might be they might sort of just sort of pre-stage a Alonso victory. And in the end, they actually went toe to toe. He was very good as well. Which was he during the night he was. Yeah, the quickest man there, quicker than Conway. Consistently yeah, because you, look, you, well, you were looking it? at some stats, weren't you, Jack? With yes, the, I think um, Adam, David Hammer Hansen tweeted the averages of the all the Allen Freeman drivers, and he was quickest by something like half a second. Yeah, and that's not that's amazing. That's not Very mind who else is in that car? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, that wraps up our, our, our pre well our preview content continued. We we had a we had a um, Alex uh, Brundle talked us around the circuit uh, in, in in the magazine. Simon, you did a lovely piece about your first um, your first visit to Le Mans, um, uh, and we also had a Dicky did a, a test uh, track test of uh, the nine oh eight Peugeot nine oh eight, didn't he? Um, Which Linda got absolutely <laughs> soaked during <laughs> and less than ideal so, um, uh, weather conditions. Yeah. When you in the back, you were in the back of a car. I was in the back of our tracking photos RX for this long termer, and the aerodynamics of it meant that it sucked in more water than was on the track. <laughs> um, I was sodden after two laps of the was it national circuit at Silverstone. Ironically, Dicky was much much I mean, warm Dickie and drier. Was drier yeah, in, a, in a car full of holes <laughs> than I was in a Jag. <laughs> as, as was I standing in the pit garage. Yeah. It, was, it was a much better place to be. Well, I've got to say, you did a brilliant job because I mean, the 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 picture, the main picture, you can see that it is in torrential rain. But then we've got there's some lovely sort of shots of it in the pits. Um, well, I had plenty of time to, to shoot it because it didn't go out for very often. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that opening spread. I think Andy did a really good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The typography is yeah. great. Yeah. So we've got a yeah, we've got a, an amazing picture, amazing typography. Yeah, that's where and the story. Of get, I mean, getting in a nine oh eight in in torrential conditions for the first time to drive that yeah then, quite a yeah. nerve-wracking experience i'm sure for dick <laughs> if he was here i'm sure he'd tell a story about it but so uh moving on through the magazine and through our features we've got a piece um authored by uh someone what's this don't recognize this name tiffany dell um, <laughs> who's <that guy? laughs> who is he? um, who's written a fantastic, a really lovely kind of uh, uh, sort of rose-tinted memories, really, of Thruxton, which is his local uh, racetrack uh, and is celebrating its 50th anniversary. Um, and uh, and Tiff wrote a lovely piece about uh, it was remembering um, going going to the track as a, as a boy and watching his heroes uh, his heroes racing there. Um, and he's he's got a nice way with words, actually, Simon, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Um, when I used to interview him when he was a career racing driver 35, 40 years ago, whenever it was, um, I'm not sure he was as articulate then, but he's, he's, um, he's, uh, no, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy, Tiff, and he's, um, what you see on the, the box, I mean, he comes across as being very articulate and you wonder, is that scripted? But he's actually a very natural yes. frontman, he is. He's, just, and he's, he's got very, a great passion for the sport, even to this day, isn't he? He's like all these years yeah, on, he's just, yeah. a, he's just one of the good um, guys, isn't he? Absolutely, and, and despite being, I don't know, is he 133, 134? I mean, he's still racing his historic Formula Ford, his old Lotus that he raced back in the day. 
Um, and that, you know, that is the mark of an enthusiast in my mind. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the passion really comes through in that piece as well. Um, um, we've got a lunch with uh, Steve Parrish, um, uh, which, Simon, you were, uh, I think you, uh, you, you well, I say lunch, it wasn't it was breakfast. Brunch, it was brunch, it was, yeah, <laughs> brunch. It was mid, mid-morning. It, yes, very, very enjoyable. How did, did you keep him on the leash? Because I imagine with Steve it's a case of um, uh, keeping, it, keeping, keeping it clean. Well, we, the, we, when, we, when we sat down for coffee, we said, look, I know that blowing up brothels and stuff is all very well, but we would actually like to talk about motorcycle racing. And if you want to chuck in the occasional you know, wild moment, that's all well and good. But it, we wanted to focus on his career because uh, a lot of people know him as a TV presenter. Um, a lot of people are aware of some of the outrageous deeds and exploits with which he has been associated. But he was, you know, he was a very serious racer. I mean, Barry Sheen identified him as a young rising talent and wanted him in the Suzuki team with him in 1977. Um, it never quite worked out for him in motorcycle Grand Prix racing, but he, he won lots of national championships, including beating Sheen to the British title one year. Um, you know, he was a pretty flipping good racer. I mean, he says himself that the new book is just done, Parish Times. Um, is it called Parish Times? Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 I just suddenly, Ooh, is that what it's called? Um, I mean, he said to me that the reason a lot of it is about the escapades, the off-track stuff, is because he doesn't feel he could justify writing a book about his own career as a motorcycle racer. But when you actually look at the stats, now he wasn't at the level of a Sheen or a Roberts as far as the history books are concerned, but he was extremely good. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it wasn't just motorcycle. I mean, he talks about his truck. Well, In fact, he, tru- he was truck racing for well, I mean, longer. He, I mean, he, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he I got drifted into as... truck. I mean, and if he... Um, you know, his truck racing career was incredibly successful. I don't know whether he's still the most crowned European. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I think he is. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we all we all kind of grew up and uh, uh, sort of watching race bikes. So when he went to trucks, we were like, oh, okay. This is you say we? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I grew oh, up with right. him in trucks. So, all right. <laughs> um, but his 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 uh, his prowess in a in a in a lorry in a truck it was. Uh, was was great. I mean, he was he was he was great fun. He threw the things around and he enjoyed he enjoyed himself. You know, I guess that's the thing about Steve. He's always he's always enjoyed what he does, and you know, he's still got a smile on his face. He still messes around. He still acts like a teenager. When when Susie Perry kind of uh, we were talking to her at the Hall of Fame, she was uh, she mentioned a few of his stories, and uh, so yeah, he's uh, yeah fun to be around. He's a fun guy. <laughs> and and, like, and and as with Tiff, I mean the enth- yeah. the enthusiasm that fired him as a sort of 15, 16 year old when he was tearing around an airfield on a motorbike. He still has still there. He's still there. I, I think you've you've podcasted him as well, Jack, haven't you? Just, just, yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. just yesterday, we recorded this podcast, which doesn't step too much on the toes of the brunch, but it was good research material. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, look out for that being. Yeah, it should be out on the Royal Bill Club's YouTube, maybe two, three weeks. I think it'll be on our website as well. So. Brilliant. Look out for. I look forward to. I wasn't there. I look forward to. Look forward to hearing that. Um, from Steve Parrish, we have. Uh, we move on to um, Mark Hughes's feature on um, McLaren, a very prescient piece. Um, uh, given that this was written, what's uh, almost two months ago, um, uh, on the problems that uh, McLaren was facing, um, uh, headline battered and broken with a nice typographical kind of. Uh, effect there um, as well um, and a lovely picture actually of a very kind of bruised looking nose cone orange or papier orange um, nose cone there um, as, a, as a McLaren fan that, that pained me to put to bolt that together that feature because <laughs> yeah. it, it was uh, yeah we it's all, a sad we all, story isn't we it we all want it to we all want them to do better much better and we want them, we want them to succeed and we want them to be 
at the front of the grid and they're kind yeah. of, if ever, they're so far away. So far away. Yeah. It's painful. Well, I mean, it, it, it's one of those stories, isn't it, that unfortunately is, is going to run and run. And, and actually, um, uh, Mark uh, uh, identified, I think, you know, one of the key things he identified in this piece was the the, the sort of the fractured nature of, of the organisation and the outfit and how there had been, um, or oh, there had sort of uh, um, silos had, had, had developed within McLaren, um, which was having an effect. And, and I think over the last sort of six weeks, we've probably seen that blow up. We're talking now a couple of days after... Uh, Boulier has left uh, the company. Um, or was, well, what happened, Simon? Is he's been well, the, I mean, he, he, Eric Boulier tendered his resignation and it was accepted. I mean, that is the marketing speak for whether he was well, whether he's blindfolded and yeah. lined up against the wall. I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, it's but there Mark was hints at that sort of that that might be on the way, doesn't he? In this piece here, did you give him a Freddo? <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite interesting that um, around the time that. Uh, Red Bull has just committed to the engines McLaren cast aside. Nobody's asking the question, what the hell is Red Bull doing? They're all asking the question, what the hell's going on at McLaren? Mm, absolutely, yeah. Well, now we go through, we have our, we have our, our watch supplement um, uh, in this issue, which some readers have um, uh, have said they think takes away from uh, some of the motorsport. But I, I would reiterate, as I think we have done in the past, <laughs> that these pages are in addition to what we um, to what we uh, write. So there we get we get ex extra pages because um, of these watches. And actually, some of these uh, some of the content um, and some of these watches I think is um, uh, is top notch in any case. Um, and we arrive at uh, Pike's Peak. Um, which is a preview of the famous American hill climb. We've um, uh, interviewed uh, Sebastian uh, Loeb about who who was the outright record holder, and this was obviously done pre um, the the race from a couple which of weeks ago, all, which we are still recovering <laughs> from. <laughs> which we were all convinced could never be broken. <laughs> and then and here we are. Just about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, so we're all sitting around in the office saying, "This all, this is no, they're never the, the Volkswagen electric car. No chance. Can't never, beat it. Never going to get. Oh, fifteen oh, seconds." Already. <laughs> yes, shows how much we know. <laughs> well, we make the point in the in the piece, don't we, that, that even Peugeot's theoretical calculations didn't or, or, or came in with a, with a higher time than Loeb actually achieved, and so he he actually um, went faster than than the engineers and boffins thought he could. But so it's actually incredible what uh, that uh, that Volkswagen has what, yeah, what it's done, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's a fantastic race, and it's a it's a it's a great story. Uh, I was looking back on the on on the history of it. it. Continues to capture the imagination, doesn't it? And going, the manufacturers going there sort of carries the carries the mythology on and on, doesn't it? Uh, we I mean, you could argue that the manufacturers are, are sort of uh, maybe taking a little bit of the sort of sport away, taking a little bit of the fun away. But all of that still goes on. All the people turning up in their trucks, turning up on motorbikes, turning up in home-built specials, it's all still happening. But isn't it fantastic that some, like a, a big manufacturer like Volkswagen are so keen to hold the record mm. and, and who's going to do it next yeah. year and who, yes. who yeah. will continue they, the... They did need some good PR in the States, didn't they? Well, yeah, they did, they did after the uh, yeah. emissions gate, <laughs> but... The fact that they're prepared to do it and put all their yeah, money absolutely. into it, yeah, and absolutely. that is their now racing project, rather than let's go TCR. Maybe maybe or we're maybe this. we're about to live through a period of record breaking. You know, with Porsche going kind of having their um their their sort of crack at the the, the, the Nurburgring. I mean, maybe there is a maybe there is this a is this found love of yes. speed records. Let's yeah. hope so. Yeah, yeah. And the Holloman TT record just went. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe um. Well, if only someone would write some content about record. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for a future um, feature. 
Matt Oxley, we've done, uh, this is our final feature for the July issue. Matt Oxley um, uh, has written a, a great piece um, uh, about uh, turn of the century American uh, motorcyclists um, and uh, who competed in what were called motodromes. Um, this is board track racing, isn't murder it? Drones. Mur- murder, murder drones. Well, they, 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 yes. <laughs> motodromes nicknamed murder drones on account of how many d- uh, riders um, uh, lost their lives um, competing. And it's, it's, it, well, it's classic Matt, isn't it, Simon? It's, it's, it's just it's, beautifully yeah. done. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, his, his, uh, his capacity for research and insight uh, and to turn it all Turn the copy around and beautifully phrased. It's 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 it's, it's epic. It's, he's um, he's a wonderful writer. And it's a privilege to have him as part of the team. And there, there are two frustrating things here actually. And, uh, one that I've never been to Pikes Peak, and two that I wasn't around to watch board track racing. You know, in 19, as well. <laughs> yeah. I realised if I was, I wouldn't be here. Now. Yeah, I'm fairly sure you can't have it both. It's one of the things I've. If if I get my hands on a TARDIS, that is that's on the bucket list. <laughs> Uh, right. Well, I'm going to skip through the rest. We've got some. Uh, we've got road tests. Uh, um, Frankel's uh, Frankel's uh, uh, road test. Where we've got a uh, a Morgan amongst others. We've got Speed Shop. Uh, we've got you with theirs. Um, all all the sort of regulars that people um, uh, love. Um, and we're going to jump straight forward to the um, the current issue, which is on sale in the shops at the moment. Um, uh, this is the cover uh, with uh, uh, Jackie Stewart um, driving at Silverstone, and it's part of our Silverstone 70th uh, anniversary special. Um, so, I mean, Damon, let's uh, start right again right yeah. at the front. That that lovely image. I mean, it's the it's the fantastic blue, isn't it? That, uh, yeah. Well, we tried out. to um, we tried to find a iconic use that word again uh, image for 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 Silverstone, and surprisingly, Silverstone because of its Geography is actually a quite a challenge because it's quite a flat uh, place. So when you sort of try and it's, it's easy when you've got like say Monaco or um, you know all the all the kind of the famous tracks of, of of the world have all got this kind of mo or this thing that that sort of identifies them. The Silvers is a tricky one because it's it's very flat. So there's no hills, there's no sort of uh, buildings, there's no uh, uh, anything. All you can do is really kind of have the angle of the car, the, the, back, the grandstands in the background, the, the, and the actual uh, bits that say Silverstone are, are kind of really tricky to find. But we, I think we found it. I think when you look at that image, you think Silverstone. You know that's Silverstone. It's the first corner. Everybody knows, like yeah. you say, everyone knows that's Cops Corner. And sadly, you'll never be able to get that shot again. No. It's, it's one of those that has disappeared. One yeah, of the only shots from Silverstone They right on the gone. inside, on the white line, effectively, didn't yeah. they? Where they? When they were sort and of... drifting through. Yeah. You know, there, the there, there were the two. There were cop, cops and woodcut with people, the photographers stood on yeah. the inside where you got a, a similar... And it, just, it's, it, is, it is fabulous. I mean, it's, it highlights the level of suspension movement in a 1969 Formula One car, which is uh, something we don't see nowadays. It's... it's, it's it's got drama, it's got, it's got movement, it's got Jackie Stewart, it's great. And of course it echoes that brilliant uh, race that him and Rin had, which yeah. was a, a, a legendary race that's in, that's in the feature, of course. And, um, and, and, and some great names as well on that cover. So we've got uh, Lewis Hamilton, Murray Walker, Nigel Mansell, uh, obviously, obviously Jackie. Um, and, um, and, and, these, uh, and, and that forms the backbone of, of, of the feature, really, doesn't it? It's, um, it's, uh, it's great drivers. Um, From eight seven, decades. Uh, and, eight and, decades. And, and, and one great commentator. Remembering eight decades of Britain's um, premier racetrack. Yeah. Um, uh, which, as Simon mentions in the introduction, could well have been Snitterfield. 
that... Yes, well, the, when they were searching for a, a home at which to reignite Grand Prix racing in the aftermath of World War II, they, they were looking around discarded airfields and they eventually uh, Snitterfield in Warwickshire, just near Stratford-upon-Avon, was, was an option. Um, but Silverstone, where I think members of the, I can't remember if it's the Fraser Nash Owners Club or something, had been surreptitiously doing some races of their own and taking out the odd sheep, um, <laughs> was inspected and, and got the... I mean, they didn't really turn it into a racetrack, of course, in 1948. They just stuck some oil drums up and a bit of rope and, you know, <laughs> kind of plotted a figure-eight course and told them to get on with it. But kind of, well, that went on for a few years as well. The, the oil well, the, drums the, the, kind of made... <laughs> oh, the oil drums, yeah. The, I mean, the, the figure, Fangio, the figure of eight, a few of those as well. The figure of eight was only used once with the cars coming from opposite... Oh, ends God, of the yes. same runway towards each other in the middle and then separating. Right, yeah. So they had a closing speed of get on for you know, 280, 300 miles an hour or something and an oil drum and a couple of straw bales between What could possibly them. go wrong? Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, nothing did go wrong, but for some reason they went, they went to perimeter roads only from 1949. Yeah, thankfully common sense prevailed. And I have to say that talking to Murray Walker uh, about the 1948 race, his, his powers, are, I mean, bearing in mind, I hope you, I'm sure he won't mind me saying, I've known him long enough, He's 94 and a half, um, and his cerebral capacity is extraordinary. His, his, the detail he can conjure just to the you know, click of a finger. You ask him something, right, Murray, 1948, so I was like, oh yeah, my mum's Morris Minor, I remember, and, and he's off. And he's, um, he's it's just, it was, I just spent 15, 20 minutes chatting to him at Silverstone, and, um, you know, it was just a delight. I could have sat there all day, and I'm sure if he hadn't been dragged off to do something else, he could have talked all day. Well, you're quite right. I mean, he's he, he does his 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 memory is brilliant, and I mean his and and actually in the piece, I mean, you're talking about the oil drums being there, and he says, you know, there were in his in, in '48 there were bits of barbed wire, bits of old aircraft that yeah. were left over, but nobody cared because it, racing, racing was, was back, back. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's it's a, it's a really really lovely read. Um, uh, just on the opening page, actually, Damon, I wanted to ask you about the lovely little imagery there that you've got on, on, on the left-hand side. Yeah, it's just um, a little uh, artistic flourish. Um, the programmes uh, have always been, uh, in motorsport, have always kind of signified a moment in time. Uh, they've kind of always reflected the design, the, the kind of the cars, the, every, every, the typography, everything that kind of uh, sums up the era. So it was kind of nice to kind of dig back in the files and find... Uh, things that represented that from from the very first 1948 where it's lo a lovely oil painting and kind of this whizzy zoomy kind of a effect all the way through to the it's slightly tobacco advertising yes, everywhere yeah that's it lots of lots of fag brands lots of booze uh from the 70s and then into the 80s and then uh, there's this kind of weird abstract kind of concept stuff we have now which is uh looks fantastic but you wouldn't say that that was particularly. Uh, uh, you, it's hard to think that in seventy years' time we'll look back on those and go, "Those were amazing." <laughs> but, it, but it's also, I mean, the, the the earlier the earlier program covers and even the ones mispersed with advertising, they say Formula One motor racing. I mean, some of the more modern abstract ones. What's all that about? Yeah, it, could, mean, be, it could be a concert it, poster. Well, it could exactly, be, it could uh, be anything. anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no. Um, yeah, which hopefully. Um, Hopefully, uh, the the new incumbents will kind of address because uh, you know they want people to fall back in love with most most racing Formula One again. Um, yeah, start with the programs, guys. God, it's <laughs> a shout out. We'll oh, we'll do it here. Yeah, most we'll we'll take it on. We'll do it. <laughs> well, let's hope Silverstone sees more anniversaries as the home of the British Grand Prix. That uh, all seems to be 
in the air at the moment, yeah. doesn't it? Um, so just to run through it, we've got Murray Walker on the... Uh, uh, so we could take it decade by decade. Murray Walker on the 1940s. Uh, we've got Dennis Jenkinson, who uh, we've done an extract from his report from, uh, from for the 1950s decade. Uh, got Sir Jackie Stewart in the 1960s. Um, uh, we've got John Watson in the 1970s. Um, these people fairly easy to get hold of in the end, weren't they, uh, Simon? Because um, everyone has a memory from Silverstone. <laughs> some of them were. I'm still waiting for Emerson Fittipaldi to return out to, to, to answer my email or return the return the call. But um, yeah, um, I, I I got hold of John very easily. But um, he wanted to talk about Montjuic Park in '75 because he said he said he had a much better story about that. But I I managed to steer him. <laughs> And I'm hard going to, to have put uh, that in a silver well, I'm, I'm going to call. I am going to call him at some point and talk about Montjuic in '75. But I did eventually get him onto the subject of Silverstone. He wasn't a major player that day, but it was just quite interesting because he had very clear memories. I mean, it was such. I mean, I remember thinking the race was, you know, all the drama in 1973 with the mass pileup and everything else, and everyone thought, well, you know, what's going to happen this time? And the race just settled down. A shower early on, a couple of cars crashed. Tom Price went out. Uh, Regazzoni spun. And you watching it on telly, TV coverage wasn't great in those days because they get mm. bugger enough to Haydock Park to watch a horse race and, <laughs> and then coming back for a few laps of, of motor racing. But um, as the race, and it, all the cars are spaced out, nothing much was happening, and then bang, cloud burst, and it was chaos. And Wattie had some very clear and very vivid recollections of seeing this sort of mirror effect of the water on the surface and then hitting a, hitting a, water, a ridge of water, which just carried him off and away. And, he was a helpless passenger as he sort of spun around and joined the other ten cars in the catch fencing, whatever it was. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was just nice to go back and actually talk to someone who was in the middle of it all. Um, you also managed to speak to um, Nigel Mansell, Johnny Herbert, uh, David Coulthard, uh, and uh, I think Mark Hughes actually also uh, managed to get hold of Lewis Hamilton, who gives us a typically sort of idiosyncratic kind of um, uh, memory of uh, of Silverstone, um, uh, and it's uh, it all comes together as a great kind of um, a great a great kind of read really as as a package together all, all those different memories building up a picture of Silverstone. Um, uh, we've got a uh, this is interesting, isn't it? The, the changing face of Silverstone, Damon, that yes. which shows uh, you were mentioning before about the about the track in '48, and uh, yeah. uh, and this this uh, we've got a page showing how the circuit has changed shape and layout over the uh, over the years and over the decades. Yeah, it's been a, it was it was a tricky one to narrow it down to fit enough on the page because the, the the changes have been incredible over the years. They've they've changed pretty much every few years so we tried to what we did is we took the major changes so it's not every single change because some corners got reprofiled the, the you know it's a, a new building was added or whatever but this is this is the major sort of changes all the way through from 1948 sort of uh, idea of them careering towards each other towards uh, towards t today's challenging track where it's sort of god knows how many tracks within one now isn't it it's about three or four within one one actual layout it's incredible the, the kind of the the amount of options that they have these days is, is mind-boggling. I, I would love to know what average speed uh, a modern car would do on the, the sort of, well, either the, the classic the, the classic, <laughs> yeah, classic 52 to 75 layers, or even the one where yeah. Keki Rosberg set the first ever 160 yeah. mile an hour average lap in 85. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would, I'd love to know what, um, well, the, what, 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 what would they do? Well, they were going through Abbey at 170, 180 miles an hour in those days, so well, God knows well, what they'd be doing now. I mean, now. 33 years ago, Rosberg averaged 160 miles an hour plus, yeah. just over 160. So 
on that circuit in a modern car. I mean, I'd be laughing in sort of 47 seconds. I don't know. All we need to do is get Silverson to to repave some some tarmac. (laughs) Sounds like Project Cars, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I also think um, more recently, we all miss Bridge. We? we do. Oh, completely. I think it's a great shame. The, 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 well, it's there as a monument yeah. to its own magnificence, but it's, you know, Silverstone's got some great bits, the Beckett's Complex Cops are fantastic, but Bridge was the one, and all the, a lot of young drivers I talk to now, who, when they were coming up through Formula Renault and GP2 and stuff, they were saying they, one of the things they really looked forward to was getting to Silverstone and going through Bridge mm. in a properly fast car. Yeah. And... The, the, by the time they by the time they got here, Bridge Bridge had been consigned to a museum. You know, it's, it's a shame. I'm sure uh, the late great Dechezres would does, doesn't wouldn't miss it though. No, 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 <laughs> no. no. Yeah, possibly not. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, oh, before we move on from Silverstone, um, now Simon. This is another. This is Simon Aaron extravaganza. So you went to Silverstone. This is for the Silverstone Classic press day, wasn't it? Where yes. um, uh, you met uh, Karun and Mark Weber and uh, Susie um, Susie Wolf, um, uh, all 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 getting kitted up in um, in, in in original period. or period period, period outfits, which uh, which make quite quite interesting <laughs> images, I think. I think uh, I think they got the size a bit wrong for Mark, didn't they? Because he's <laughs> he's a very tall lad, isn't he? So I think he got a bit of challenge, bit of a challenging suit. But, uh, what did we ask? Was he, who's in ERM? Was he? Was he driving? Yeah, Mark was in the ERA type, which is the one of the three cars that had a centre yeah, throttle right. pedal, um, which caught him out a couple of times. I mean, they weren't going at competitive speeds, but nor were they dawdling. Yeah, there was some some of it they were doing just slow tracking work behind the camera car. At other times, they're going a little bit quicker. And there were yeah, there were there were times a couple of times he said he um, his brain automatically got him to stamp on the uh, centre pedal. To, to slow down, which just made him go faster. I quite, I quite like the, the my, my favourite bit of that was the quote that he mentioned about uh, saying that he's um, about uh, when you asked him whether or not he'd, he'd want to have a go at a historic race or have a, yeah. The the, 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 the the version of the quote I printed isn't quite as strong as the answer I got. <laughs> yeah, there are a few more expletives and Australianisms in there, yeah. wasn't there? <laughs> but Karun was in his element, wasn't he? Well, yeah, Karun was loving it, but uh, again, even he said that he wouldn't want to race something like that. He I mean, it's another quote in the piece. He, uh, without wishing to spoil it for anyone, but he said that mostly he loves doing a bit of historic racing at Goodwood. He maximum ninety brake horsepower, preferably with a roof. You know, St Mary's Trophy. That's <laughs> he's that, happy that, with that. Yeah, he's happy. With, he's, <laughs> he's quite happy racing LMP2 cars and stuff. But in, in terms of history, yeah. these modern drivers, eh? <laughs> We're half an eye on the on the time. Um, we've got uh, actually quickly um, the McLaren Senna. We don't often do sort of modern cars or road cars with road tests but the Senna we thought probably justified it I think if you're going to do one then this is the one to do isn't yeah. it really yeah. with, the, with, the, with the name and the, and the back history and yeah. Well, Andrew Andrew Frankel's done done the re- the review for us, and it's a it's a typically sort of nuanced piece, really, isn't it? Um, it it's not. I mean, a lot of the reviews that I've read of, of this car are sort of kid in candy store. You know, isn't it fantastic? I mean, Andrew does ask the the difficult questions, really, doesn't he? I mean, he comes down firmly. Well, I won't I won't ruin it, but um, it's a uh, you know it it's 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 a it's a mature piece of. Of, of criticism, really, I think. Uh, yeah, it's typical Andrew in his, in his element. He's, he takes a very sensible approach to, to these cars. I mean, they are insane cars, aren't they? They're not. They're not for the the normal people. They are for the, uh, you know out there people. And uh, yeah, he, he's taken a suitably uh, sensible 
view that maybe uh, maybe the other uh, publications he says he's yeah. putting his best diplomatic head yeah. on sort of uh, yeah sort of shy away from they tend to go it's amazing but yeah. you know um, I mean it is it is amazing and from the sort of ultra modern uh, we suddenly slow right down and um, Gordon uh, Cruikshank our editor at large has um, done a lovely piece on uh, uh, on Pat Appleyard um, and the um, Jaguar uh, XK120 um, uh, you I went down shot for, yeah, this, didn't you? Where, where, well, remind me, where does she live? It's, it's, it looks like it's, it's it should be in the Cotswolds somewhere. It is in the Cotswolds, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. A farm that she didn't take up farming until I think she was in her 50s or mid-50s in another change of career. I mean, she's in her mid-80s now yeah, and, yeah. and just, it was, it was fantastic. So, woman with her, so she's had an incredible, incredible oh, life, God, yeah, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah to, well... European Rally Championships as a woman and in in the fifties is, yeah, is a time un, when unspeakable that thing. Yeah, yeah, wasn't the thing. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I mean, it, so yeah, we we spent the day with her and her son and flicked got, through. Got to reunite her with her with her famous with the car, number one twenty. Yeah, which, which is a sort of a famous car in itself, isn't it? So to get get her back in, sitting in it and enjoying herself. She, you know, she looked like she had a whale of a she time. She did. She had a lovely time. And then flicking through her, her scrapbooks of, of everything she's got printed, it was, yeah, you could see her, you could see her being transported back herself. And, and to be part of that was fantastic. She's an incredible, incredible lady. And um, uh, our lunch this month was Petter Solberg, um, which Colin Goodwin uh uh, has written for us. Um, it's funny we, we called up um, uh, Solberg's um, PR people and said, you know, "Is he coming over for the World Rally Cross and, and does he want to meet for lunch?" And sometimes there's a there's a delay in, in people getting back to you. But this um, PR said absolutely he would love to have lunch and um, he wants to go to um, his favourite restaurant <laughs> in London, which his was an extremely expensive <laughs> sushi restaurant, which uh, I'm not going to give the name of here, but it's in Mayfair. Um, my eyes. Expensive. watered when I signed off the expenses. <laughs> my um, eyes watered when I put my pin in. <laughs> uh, brilliant interview, isn't it? I mean, he's such a character. Uh, I mean, he's never been short of a uh, 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 an opinion, but um, he's got some great stories, hasn't he? Lyndon, you, again, you were there shooting this and it you was, actually uh, sat sat with them, yes? It was, it was brilliant because as soon as we turned up, he went, I love this feature in the magazine and I'm so pleased to be part of it. Um, and it was. There were, there's a lot of unprintable stories Um and he is still a kid at heart. Again, it's like Steve Parrish, but in rallycross form or rally form. But yeah, the stories he told us and from being dance champion to radio control champion to world champion, it's, it, was, it was an enjoyable three or four hours that he just talked and talked and talked. He's another one of these guys that's just got an incredible passion for the sport still, hasn't yeah, he? I mean, oh been, God, yeah. I mean, we kind of forget that he's been around for quite a while now. We, we kind of assume he's a young pup, but he's obviously a, of an age yeah. now where he's, he's had an incredible career. And he's still talking about having another crack at WRC even now, isn't he? He's yes, still, yeah. he's still, he still doesn't think that chapter's closed yet. Which is uh, incredible. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he'll keep going till you know he'll be back at Goodwood for you know years to come. Yeah, and, years, yeah, yeah. 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 
I think you're, I think you're probably probably right. Um, right, moving moving on, we've got um, postcard from Le Mans. I think we've covered Le Mans, but we've got here we've got the obviously the yeah, the classic picture of uh, uh, Alonso uh, uh, having 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 won the race. Um, we've got Mark has done a fantastic piece on um, Max Verstappen, just um, really kind of looking at. at, at I mean, we all thought he was obviously, you know, that he's been accused of being kind of slightly reckless, um, and Mark sort of turns it on its head and says, you know, this hasn't always been the case. You know, he hasn't always been a young, reckless uh, driver in any way, uh, and he questions why it's happening now. And it's uh, he really gets to gets to the as so often with Mark, he kind of asks the right questions and gets to the root of the problem, doesn't he, Simon? He does indeed, yeah. And the, fr- the frustrating thing with that is that we, he then, uh, obviously, we, we went yes, to press. Exactly. Three, three, <laughs> three, <laughs> three, <laughs> he the magazine came yeah. out, he went podium, podium, win. Well, yes. Yeah, that's very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I was, wasn't <laughs> going to mention that. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, but, uh, it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's a great breakdown of the, you know, the, the troubled first hmm. six or seven races that he had. It's a really good analysis of. It feels why like he's turned happened. a corner a little bit. It does now. But yeah. Mark, Mark's, that period, that's a great yeah. analysis of the first part of the season. Maybe Mark's interview clear. made him reevaluate in his own head. That's quite possible. This is what I've got to do. I so. Mark's on commission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that's exactly what happened, Linda. <laughs> um, uh, skipping on, we've got uh, well, we've got our review of our Hall of Fame evening, um, which is the Motorsport Magazine's uh, awards. Um, uh, uh, evening uh, and event, um, which this year was uh, was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? We had sort of so many. Uh, it takes place at the RAC Club in in Woodcote Park in Surrey. Um, uh, we had um, a, a galaxy of stars um, all collecting their awards. So we got some photographic uh, images from or some images from from that evening. Uh, I think I think they prefer the term Royal Automobile Club. Rather than RAC <laughs> these days. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jack. Maybe we, could, uh, maybe we could do that again. Like, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll edit that bit out, don't worry. Andrew Frankel's road cars. Uh, we've got a... Um, what have we got here? We've got Bugattis. We've got Triumph Vitesses in Speed Shop this month. We've got to talk best about thing, one best, best thing in Speed Shop ever. ever. <laughs> talk about one extreme to another. You've got an EB110 right next to a rallying Triumph Vitesse. Well, You've got to love a Triumph This is why motorsport's brilliant, you see. This is for exactly that reason. <laughs> We've got a slightly tweaked auctions page, looking at giving some auction reviews and previews. Um, and we, have a, we have our lovely uh, lovely Max Girardo doing an new auction. New columnist, expert. Max Girardo, yes. who's... Um, Tells it like actually he's got a fantastic story this uh, this month, which uh, where he remembers an auction where there's a telephone bidder and a, and a and a man in the crowd bidding, and the man ended up missing out on a uh, was it on a was it on a GTO? No, yeah, something very expensive. And um, it turns out that it was his wife, this man's <laughs> wife, that was bidding on the phone. <laughs> so he got the car, but it cost him a lot more than he thought it would. At least his uh, wife knew how much he paid for it, though. Yeah, yeah so. that's true. <laughs> um, we got a, a six. Our four in our speed shop race cars, um, and right. we've tweaked our um, garage Easter pages. So I'm just going to get to that. We've still got our uh, the Jordan um, restoration is still ongoing, but we have um, uh, got a Ford GT40 uh, as our race car restoration. Um, and this is where we are asking um, restorers um, if they've got an interesting restoration or have had have done an interesting restoration in the past to get in touch and tell us their story um, uh, for the. Uh, uh, um, 
uh, for the magazine, either race cars or road cars. So have a look at the magazine, and if you think that you've got something you'd like to share with us, please get in touch on the email below. Um, we've got book reviews, we've got models, we've got art, and what's our parting? What's our parting shot? This uh, parting this shot is that oh, it's the Le Mans. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? There you go. As a as a final sort of half a Le Mans issue, because the you know issue the Le Mans won't be happening for another another year, so. We have to. We have to kind of Technically enjoy, enjoy this season, though, which is a bit weird. Till the end. Was it the end of the season or the beginning, final round? Next, yeah. Beginning of next, yeah. or is it? No, the so end is of it's, it's the end of this season in yeah. July nineteen, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So there's two Le Mans in one season. Super yeah. season, right. I believe. Yeah. Wick, call it. Right. Well, yes. we started with Le Mans. We shall end on Le Mans. Uh, one quick thing for the website. Yes. Um, we. I've just been told that the new John Barnard book, which is very good, um, is now available to buy on the shop. Uh, and we recently recorded a podcast with him again at the Royal Automobile Club. Um, so you can kind of do what we've just done with his book if you <laughs> buy it from our shop. Uh, well, well, and other shops, I'm sure. But <laughs> um, So that's there's also going to be an extract on the website soon. So you can get a feel for the book, listen to the podcast, and then buy it um, from shop.mostsportmagazine.com. Well remembered. There we go. Excellent. <laughs> so if you're a McLaren fan, you want to find out a bit more about John Barnard, then you, you, basically motorsport is your one-stop shop. Exactly. It's all there. Preview, post, and mid. And forthcoming lunch. And forthcoming lunch, which oh, will be in the out. next September edition. Issue. September issue. Yeah. Um, we should work in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> we should um, thank you all very much thank you to Jack Phillips our digital editor thank you Simon Lyndon uh, Damon um, uh, please uh, if you uh, have enjoyed this podcast rush out get the new issue of Motorsport Magazine if you've already got it I hope this uh, enlightened you slightly as to how the, the, the magazines came together uh, and uh, we'll be back hopefully this time next month we should also welcome Joe as our editor as in those two months. Yes, that's a good <laughs> yes, point. Yes. 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 Yeah, have, he didn't yes. mention that, did yes. he? Should, should we go no, I did to say the, Joe, I'm Joe editor. Should we go, back, Joe to the, the editor. Should we go back to the start, <laughs> reintroduce him and do this again then? Is that what you're suggesting? I think we should <laughs> put it on a permanent loop. Go, <laughs> go to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very much indeed.